Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic of the New Criterion. I hope you're doing beautifully during this strange time, which I hope we will see the back of soon. You feel like some music? Of course you do. Back in the old days, pre-shutdown, while we were attending concerts, I attended and reviewed a recital by Daniel Trifonov, the Russian pianist. The program was all Bach, including the three encores. But let me not be too cutesy. The printed program was all Bach, all JSB, but the encores were by three of his sons, Johann Christian, Wilhelm Friedemann, and Carl Philipp Emanuel. Let me read from my review. The piece by CPE was a rondo in C minor, and it was funny in Trifonov's hands. Not just mildly amusing, but outright funny. How often do you hear this in music? Trifonov ended a recital of gravity, profundity, and beauty on a neatly lighthearted note. Yep. Let's hear this rondo by CPE. I don't have Trifonov for you, but I have one of the greatest pianists of all time, another Russian, Mikhail Pletnev. That is not a Russian pronunciation, but it will have to do. Here we go.
we have heard a bit of a rarity by a man with a very great name. Rondo Number no. 2 in C minor by Carl Philip Emanuel Bach. The pianist was Mikhail Pletnev. Not to hammer it into you, but I'm Jay Nordlinger of the New Criterion, doing music for a while. You can subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Google Play, all the usual ways. If you'd like to write to me, try nordlinger at newcriterion.com. I reviewed a vocal program, a live stream, courtesy of the New York Festival of Song, a.k.a. NIFOS. Here's a paragraph. I was especially pleased to see Emonu by Saint-Saëns on the program. It is one of my favorite songs of any type and is rarely performed for some reason. Deborah Voigt once sang it in recital. Saint-Saëns wrote the song in 1892, setting a poem by Théodore de Bonville, Emonu et dormons sans songer au reste du monde. I would describe the song as neo-baroquish. It ought to have a steady pulse, in my opinion, and it ought to bewitch. The song is both stately, even proper somehow, and sensual. This is a considerable achievement. Amonu is a cousin, I would say, of A Cloris by Reynaldo Hahn, written about 20 years later. So, here's the song by Saint-Saëns. We will hear the soprano Dominique Labelle and the pianist Yehudi Weiner. Let us love and sleep without a care for the rest of the world. Neither ocean waves nor mountain storms, while we still love each other, can bow your golden head, for love is more powerful than gods and death. Thank you. 
Aimons-nous by Camille Saint-Saëns, sung by Dominique Labelle with Yehudi Weiner. Incidentally, Claude Debussy also set that poem to music. Maybe we'll have it on a future program. On the New Criterion's blog, I had a little post about the Beethoven violin sonatas. Is it right to call them that? Well, it's natural and easy. They are sonatas for violin and piano. But Beethoven actually called them sonatas for piano and violin. Pianists tend to know this. Wonder why. Anyway, I wrote about this issue. I won't bog you down now. As far as I'm concerned, you can call these sonatas what you want, as long as you don't call them late for dinner. Let's listen to a marvelous movement. The final movement, Allegro Vivace, of Beethoven's Sonata No. 8 in G Major, Opus 30, No. 3. Throughout his catalog, you will find Beethoven in many moods, of course. This is the mood I often refer to as merry and burbling. Arthur Grumio, the Belgian violinist, and Clara Haskell, the pianist from Romania. Or should I give those names in the other order? Anyway, here they are.
We have heard the last movement of Beethoven's Sonata No. 8 in G major, Opus 30, No. 3, for piano and violin, or violin and piano. Our pianist, Clara Haskell. Our violinist, Arthur Grumio. Beethoven is often thought of as stormy and dark, but oh, could he burble like a happy brook, and he did it often. Earlier I called Amonu neo-baroquish, and I said I considered it a cousin of A. Cloris, written about twenty years later, which is to say in 1913. Well, I think it's only fair to hear that song, too, right? If it be true, Chloris, that you love me, and I'm told you love me dearly, I do not believe that even kings can match the happiness I know. Even death would be powerless to alter my fortune with the promise of heavenly bliss. All that they say of ambrosia does not stir my imagination like the favor of your eyes. Words by Théophile de Viaud, translated by Richard Stokes, the Brit who is one of the world's foremost experts on song. The composer, Reynaldo Hahn. We will hear Susan Graham, the American mezzo-soprano, and Roger Vignoles, the British pianist. Thank you. 
That was A Cloris by Reynaldo Hahn, played by Roger Vignoles, and sung by Susan Graham, whose favorite song it is. The Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center live-streamed a concert. I'll read from a review. Mine, I hate to tell you. Ernst von Dochnanyi wrote his Serenade in C for String Trio in 1902, when he was 25. Tchaikovsky had written his Serenade in C for String Orchestra in 1880. It was soon to be world-famous. The Dochnanyi is a wonderful and substantial work in five movements. They have Italian markings. Marcia, Romanza, Scherzo, Tema con Variazioni, and Rondo. Dochnanyi's serenade is laced with intelligence and beauty. Why don't we hear it more? The reason, I think, is that it is for string trio. How often do we hear one of those in anything? Yeah, true. Let's hear the march, the opening movement. It'll give us a taste. We will hear three musicians whose name I will pronounce in an English way, whose names I should have said. Here they are. Janine Jansen, violin. Joel Waterman, viola. And Christian Polterra, cello. Here's Doknanyi. You want to go on to the Romanza, the next movement? Yeah, me too. Just a little taste.
We've heard the first movement and some of the second of Ernst von Dognani's Serenade and C for String Trio, Opus 10. I'd like to read a bit more from that review, please. For the past generation or two, if people have known a Dognani, it has tended to be Christoph, the conductor, and the composer's grandson. How about in the future? Which Dognani will be better known, the conductor through his recordings, or the composer through his pieces? Hard to say, I'm afraid. Well, that's pretty wishy-washy. Thanks a lot, Jay. A while back, it was Mother's Day. I wanted a dollop of appropriate music. I thought, first and foremost, of Wolf, Hugo Wolf, his song, Benedicti Selgemuta. The poet is Paul Heise. I will again quote Richard Stokes. Blessed be your mother in heaven, who bore you to be so gracious, you the paragon of beauty, my yearning wings its way to you, and so on. Powerful poem and powerful song in its beauty, unusualness, and sublimity. You will want Dietrich Fischer Dieskau, and so will I. Here he is with the pianist Jörg Demus. Oh, Lee. 
That was the song Benedite di Selgamuta by Hugo Wolf. The baritone was Dietrich Fischer-Dieskau, the pianist Jörg Demus. I don't know a better song, frankly. And now I'll go back to that concert of the Chamber Music Society and read some more from my review. The concert ended with Tchaikovsky's string sextet in D minor, known as Souvenir de Florence. Don't let that sweet, airy nickname fool you. It is a major work at symphonic length. In the second movement, the violinist Cholyang Lin sang beautifully. This music has Italy written all over it. The next movement is Russian, no matter what the piece is called. Paul Neubauer sang beautifully there. Overall, you want this work played with taste and gusto and accuracy. The CMS-6 did. They were never dull, not for a second. This may seem like a low bar, but it is actually quite high. And I think of Liszt, who said, The cardinal sin of performance is dullness. Hear, hear. So, the second movement that has Italy written all over it? This movement is marked Adagio Cantabile e con moto, a singing adagio with some movement in it. In other words, don't dawdle. We will hear once more the violinist Janine Jansen with five of her friends.
we've heard we've enjoyed the first part of the second movement of Tchaikovsky's string sextet in D minor, better known as Souvenir de Florence. The lead violinist there was Holland's great Janine Jansen. Again, I'm pronouncing that name English style. Well, Rosalind Elias was an American born in 1930 to Lebanese immigrants. She was the last, the baby, of their 13 children. The family lived in Lowell, Mass. Rosalind Elias was a mezzo-soprano who worked steadily for 50 years or so. She was a voice in our ears, a voice of our times, with a rich, beautiful sound and lots of smarts. She is a fixture on many recordings of opera and oratorio alike. I think in particular of her Verdi Requiem, alongside Leontine Price and others. We will hear Rosalind Elias in Verdi, but in an opera, Il Trovatore. Ms. Elias has now passed on at 90. I should probably be playing her in something gentle, but here is Adzucena's fiery aria, Stride la Vampa. Why not? Thanks, Rosalind Elias, and thank you all. See you later. Oh!
Thank you.